the host of You Can Tell Me Anything. This is the podcast where comedians confess something they have never told anyone before. And um, and that's and and that's the podcast. Wow, I'm the reason you heard my hesitation was because I'm trying to time I just looked up timer on Google and did you know if you look up timer there's just a timer on Google? I'm really getting carried away. Um, you learn something new every day. But like I was saying, a uh, quick couple quick announcements. This podcast is having its one year anniversary um, in just about a week. April 17th, I believe, was when we first launched this podcast last year, 2018. So to celebrate, we're going to have a live show on April 16th at Comedy Central Stage in Los Angeles. Uh, I have Gabby Dunn, Solomon Giorgio, Jenna Friedman, and a real therapist, Anais Plaschetti's there to analyze comedians confessions it's gonna be really fun i'll be your host we'll also play some fun games from the podcast and it's totally free so if you guys like uh this podcast you'll love the live show come watch make a reservation at comedycentralstage.com and another quick announcement uh my short film i think she likes you is going to be at tribeca film festival i'm going to be there in just a few weeks april 26th through may 4th um check out the screenings online tribecafilm.com and uh, follow the film if you're interested in finding out more information about it at I Think She Likes You Film on Instagram. And I'm going to introduce my guest today. Um, he's been so patiently sitting here. He even let me walk my dog before this podcast, which is very kind of him, I think. Um, my guest. No, usually I don't. Yeah, usually, usually I say no, no, they can and wait. And I was like, please, I begged on my knees. <laughs> <laughs> he has a live show called You Dirty Snitch with Blake Wexler happening on May 23rd at the Dynasty Typewriter in Los Angeles at 10 p.m. It's Blake Wexler. Hi, Teresa. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great, too. Yeah, Thank you got God. a fresh haircut, looking good. For this. Yes. For, for this the, medium. Oh my God. I'm so sorry to tell you that this is not... Um, uh, you know, what, what are you saying? Um, well, uh, you, never mind. Uh, it's fine. The haircut okay. looks great. Yeah. I'm sure everyone could hear it. They can. It's tangible. Yeah, it's a tangible yeah. haircut. You it can really tangible... hear the texture of the hair. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And it costs extra. Uh, I don't... It's the podcast cut. You're like, I yeah. must be heard on it's a podcast. It's a perfect bowl cut for <laughs> podcasts. It just helps with the, you know, the acoustics. Oh, I've yeah. Found. There you go. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm, I'm glad your haircut and you are here. Thank you. Um, I want to give a shout out um, to our confidant of the week. Confidant is what I call our listeners. I love that. Um, thank you. I made up the word. It never existed before no. I started using it. Um, <laughs> our confidant of the week is Andy Baloney. Um, he gave a really nice message. He sent me a really nice long message on Instagram. Instagram, and he said my voice was almost like ASMR. So I've, I haven't that gotten mean? that before. You never heard of ASMR? No, no, it's, I'm an idiot. No, no, you're not an <laughs> idiot. And I also think I work in YouTube. So in in the YouTube, I work inside the computer. Oh, congrats! Um, thank you so well, much. Well, I'm glad you got out <laughs> for this brief time. Uh, what is plant? Yeah. Um, no, I don't know. <laughs> what is plant? <laughs> There's a plant next to me. <laughs> <laughs> There's a plant next to me. That's why I said that. Um, no, I work for a YouTube show, so I feel like it's a big phenomenon on YouTube. So in my mind, I'm like, everyone knows it, but maybe people don't. And I actually am the idiot because I don't know what it stands for. I think it's like audio audio stimulation something media response. Okay. Something in that ballpark. But it's like, you know, when you... Um, if you hear something and it makes you like have that tingly sensation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that is. But it's a whole genre. People make a lot of money just making ASMR videos on YouTube. Oh my God. I don't want to So like, if I watched it, I could like 
I, for the first time, I could feel something. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Well, some people are into it, and it's, it's some, for some people, it doesn't do much. I mean, it might make you feel a thing, but you're not like, okay, people swear it's not a sex thing, so I don't want to be like, right. it's turning people on, but I think it maybe is like a sex. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. It's like it just pushes, if you're going to be turned on, it pushes yeah. you the I think people extra. watch it for like two hours, and then they're like, ooh, and then I don't know what they do after yeah, that. Maybe they would have just gotten turned on anyway. Yeah, you maybe. Know? But it's like, uh, you know, when you're like... You know when there's those little sounds? <laughs> That's what it now is. Now I do. Like, <laughs> what is that? It's like when you're like, or you make like marble noise. There'll be like marbles in front of the mic, or they'll be like, oh, like kind of the like sibilant s, like. Okay, I gotta, I gotta. Yeah, experience I don't want to do this. it because now, now it is becoming an ASMR podcast. <laughs> but um, well, so thank, thanks for that. I guess compliment. I don't know. I've I always, think it's a compliment. I think it is too. Yeah. I used to hate my voice and I don't know if it, I think a lot of people have had this growing up just like the first time you hear your voice and you're like, God, what is that awful din? Like, right. I would hate it. And then I remember in my 20s just uh, hating it so much that I just like I would like hear like catch myself um, in the middle of a sentence, like hear my own voice and then be like, ugh. What is that? <laughs> Int- oh, as you're speaking yeah, like, like live? Yeah, and I think to- some of that was not being comfortable with... This was before I did stand-up, but just not being comfortable maybe in my own skin. Yeah. So I'd be like talking to someone and then suddenly like become aware that I was talking uh-huh. and then be annoyed like, oh, who do I think I am? What am I saying? Why do people listen to me? Like that kind of thing. Did you ever have that? No? Okay. Um, no, not, <laughs> not specifically that, but... Uh, this still happens. I'm more aware of it now, but if I start talking about something that is making me feel uncomfortable or that mm-hmm. I'm just not interested in, uh, my voice will like, I speak from the throat a little bit uh-huh. and, uh, that's not my secret, but like maybe when I'm speaking later about the thing that I'm going to talk Ooh, about, well, no. like you might hear, it's like a little, I can't even do it on yeah, command. We'll get but, a little, uh, a remix if anyone out there yeah, wants to edit. Together. You'll love it. <laughs> You're gonna really like the sound of that uncomfortable Can't voice. Wait. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of confessions, I like to start every podcast with a good confession from mm-hmm. my guests, just to start on a positive note. Do you have anything good you'd like to confess? Uh, yeah. I when I do shows and do well um, mm-hmm. at the show, so not often. No. Um. <laughs> frequently, I'll do like well because I've been doing stand up for so long. Yeah. But I never tell people that I do well. I'll be like. Oh, like they were like, oh, how was the show? And if I was being honest, I'm like, oh, this show actually went well. You know, my jokes yeah. worked the way I wanted them to. I was very funny tonight. But I'll just say, oh, yeah, you know, it was a fun it was a fun show or whatever. And then I'll start talking about another comic because it makes me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> That's your good confession. That's my good confession. <laughs> that is, I am so, humi- so humble. Your humi- humility. Yeah, yeah, that is good. You're yeah. bragging about a trait. So the trait that you want to be seen as is humble. And you are. So Correct. Correct. I do see you as humble. So oh, that's, that's so nice. Thank you. Um, no, it, I just I thought it was funny because my first thought was, so you're a liar. But I know that's not uh, what like you that. meant. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I lie constantly and I'm um, rarely caught. No. People believe me when I tell them that I don't People do well. People don't want to hear you did well. No, I don't think that's true. But but <laughs> there is something about... Um, what do you say? Like if someone's like, hey, like how'd your show go? I think so. I'm a little bit more braggy if I really felt good. Cool. Because there's certain... Not to everyone, but to certain people in my life. Like to my sister, if I like really feel like I crushed something, I'll be like, I crushed. Nice. I'm not afraid to say that to her. But I usually try not to say that to a comedian. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I don't like, I don't know what it is. I think it's not necessarily that I've heard everyone talk about. People will say like they're happy for you, but then they'll also tell you like how they're upset at other people's success. So I'm like, well, buy a yeah. transitive property. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're upset with me now. Yeah. So right. um, and then also I think there's a part of me that feels like if I acknowledge something good, then it will change it. Even though I know it's yeah, probably what is not that? true. It's just, I don't know. Like if I feel like... I'll even have this with writing. Like before I show anyone something, I'll be like, I think it's good. And then, and then I'm like, no, it's bad. Because if I think it's good, then I'll show someone and I'll be like, mm, it's bad. Right. I think that's okay <laughs> if it's after the fact, like you've already done the thing. Rather, I think when it becomes a problem is when you're self-sabotaging mm. of this can't be good. I've never done that. It doesn't seem like you do that. But there are some people who you know can be immensely talented and are so afraid of sure. a thing being good. But... Yeah, luckily yeah. that isn't one of my problems. Yet. No, I don't yeah. think that's, uh, I, I don't see you as that. Like, it's not like you're like, oh no, it was so bad where it's like, okay, just take the compliment. It's just like, you're saying it was good I, or you're like, it was fun. I had fun. Right. Which is right. true, but you're not like, oh my God, I buried them. Yeah. Everybody sit down. I'm going to do it again for you. Right I now, have the full set. been in a room of people <laughs> just with friends, not like they were bragging to strangers, but, yeah. um, but this is a, uh, is it hubris is the word like brag, brag if it is i won't know because i don't know this the is definition. a bra- braggadocio bravado that i mm-hmm. wasn't used to because I, I i started in new york and then moved to la and then um and i feel like when you start in a big city you're just always going to feel like someone's better than you yeah but um i was hanging out with friends who were i guess had started in a small town and they were talking about other comedians they had done shows with and they were talking in a way that was like i buried him oh my god like like in a very bragging right. way and they were friends and i'm so it wasn't like they were bragging to strangers i have to disclaimer because they're sounding like assholes and they're not right but it was just a different culture that i was like oh so interesting i've never thought to talk about myself like this um that's so, funny yeah so that so that is a thing that exists some people and that's healthy too i think it's healthy to yeah if you felt like you did well and you want to talk about it i think that's good <laughs> i did that i've spoken that way once in recent memory where i went to another city and they put me on a show where it was like another like big it was uh, i mean it was chicago i can just say it was chicago it's yeah. a big enough comedy town that no one's gonna remember this show but um they put me on this lineup and they knew i was from la even though or i live in la like even though yeah. i don't say i'm like from la because i'm from philly but you like were handed out headshots as you walked in the door oh right and they were signed by my <laughs> assistant <laughs> and, um so and i charge for them actually you know uh-huh. like when someone yeah, hands yeah, you yeah. a cd on the street and then they ask You're like fill out a w9 Here's yeah exactly out. well i have to claim you know i'm not some <laughs> fucking fiend um but they kept bumping me on the show like with uh-huh. chicago acts just to mm. be like which is fine or whatever but they were very like Ven, like they weren't like telling me, and yeah, and not that that's I not need. A, I just said disrespective, and that's not a word. Oh, but it you didn't need to be corrected. Disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> and, but it was just not nice. And then I like just went up and did my best stuff, and like that was a thing where I'm like, oh, I've been wronged here. Uh, I'm gonna blow them out of the water. And then afterwards, it was like that broy thing of like, yeah, I fucking did this <laughs> motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like just yeah. Yeah, my girlfriend's like, it's comedy. <laughs> come on man it's not you didn't dunk like, on you said someone we were going to dinner yeah well we're going to dinner at 11 p.m okay because <laughs> blakey had a 9 30 show <laughs> no i'm just kidding i would never push a dinner back um yeah uh i constantly eat very late and then realize that 
I'm not a normal person. My family growing up, because I used to um, dance, and my mom, we'd mm-hmm. come home from school, we'd do after school activities, and then do homework, and then go to dance, and my mom was always, like, b- my parents were both working, and so we'd always have dinner very late. Sometimes, if she could get it done, she'd do it before dance, but then uh, more often than not, it would be, like, in Tupperware, and we'd be eating it on the way to dance, so it's like I would be dancing on a full stomach, <laughs> full of rice, um, and then sometimes it'd be like, didn't have time, just eat when we come back, which would be like 10 p.m., yeah. so I thought that was very normal, and I, I'm thinking back on it has probably very much affected my eating, eating habits. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, because I often will come home, um, feed my dog, do shows, and then and then eat, or not eat, and We're, that's bad. <laughs> I eat, so like I'll eat at 4.45, Oh, like that's dinner. great. That's good. You have I time guess, to but then I get hungry. So okay, then sometimes I'll have a late meal. But do you eat a full late meal or a little snack? A little snack. That's great. Thank I think you. that's perfect. Because, you know, we have comedians, we have so much going on at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. It's not like that'd be the time someone's unwinding. So you're actually like get, getting a lot done and expending a lot of energy. So it's natural that you would be hungry. It's just at a different time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like your lunch. Right. <laughs> it's my lunch i like that yeah 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 <laughs> totally um do you go uh i'm never good at transitioning but this podcast we kind of uh, are inspired by therapy and uh confessionals mm-hmm. do you go to therapy uh i don't um i've been to i went to a therapist like years ago and i'm not saying like i love therapy and i'm sure mm-hmm. There will be a time where like things will come to a head and it'll be like, Blake, you gotta, you gotta go. <laughs> What's <laughs> you your relationship go. with therapy? Because um, do, you, do you say come to a head like it's a thing that is more remi- remedial or is it uh, like, do you go when something's up or uh, was it you went for a bit and you're like, I feel like I did a bunch of work and now I'm good. Uh, I have a very like, I'll handle it like kind of thing mm-hmm. where, or, but not even just myself, like I'll handle it through people close to me where I generally am pretty in touch with my emotions mm-hmm. and, but I also surround myself uh, with people who will be like, Hey, are you, is something wrong? Like, are you good with this? And so they'll catch things if I don't. Does oh, that yeah. make sense? Where it does. Sometimes you could be bummed out about something, but you're so used to like a schedule or, or whatever your routine is, you don't yeah. realize it initially. And then I have like either like my girlfriend or like my super close friends or whatever will be like, mm-hmm. hey, Blake, you've been acting a little off lately. And then I can do like a system check and be like, oh, shit, you've let this get out of control or this get out of control. So um, I think when that starts not working or if, mm-hmm. you know, I have a problem that's like above their pay grade, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I'll go to a professional because I have like so much respect for therapy. I actually uh, suggest almost everyone I speak to go to therapy. I just don't go yet, but yeah, yeah I'm sure I will. Um, that's so that's interesting. You're saying like when people sit, cause that makes sense to be like, you have friends that say, you know, is everything okay? You've been off. But I also feel like with comedy, it l- lends to having a lot of like friends that I, I wouldn't even say are acquaintance cause you feel pretty close right. to a lot of the people you see, but they're not like the kind of friends that see you day to day that would necessarily catch something up. Do you have a lot of non-comedian friends that are like that? Or you just have like a tight knit group? Uh, friends that you hang out with all the time that would be able to see that change uh i have way more non-comedian friends than Mm -hmm. i do comedian friends which is weird because i do spend so much time with stand-ups but i lucked out where i moved out here with my best friend that i grew up with who i've known Uh for like 
like 50, like 18 years, you know? Oh, wow. And so he's great where we know each other so well. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's great where he can tell or if something like shitty happened in my personal, like if it's a Blake thing, I can go uh-huh. to him. Then I have someone else. If it's a career thing yeah. who also know me as a human being, but also like the business, I can go to them. So uh yeah it's and then one of them is like also a comic so yeah t- i have two close com- comedian friends i can go to and then like another like best friend and then like a girlfriend who's known me for years so that's yeah. really nice yeah i think um it's it's so um o- underestimated how nice just getting like hey how are you doing text is yeah because you don't even have to necessarily say like hey you are a mess like you just be like hey how are you doing and sometimes if you are feeling bad that can pull you out of it because you're like oh someone noticed but looking yeah. back, I'm like, I've, I'm, I've definitely gotten texts like that when I don't think I was in the middle of something and just been confused by them. <laughs> and it also didn't make right. me feel bad. But now I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, there's definitely been quite a few times where people have been like, hey, like out of the blue. It'd be like, how are you? And then I've started talking like, good, how are you? And then realized they had nothing to say. And then now looking back, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that person was checking in on me <laughs> yeah which is better to have that than yeah. like just a vo- empty void <laughs> yeah yeah because worst case um you just end up having a quick catch-up combo with a friend and even if you don't have anything specific to say it's still like oh good to hear from you but yeah so i think definitely if you are ever worried about people send those texts they're really nice yeah it's nice to get do you ever so if someone i've been doing a thing when someone asks me how i'm doing the first my instinct is to be like uh, this thing didn't work out in my, in my career. I have this thing <laughs> I'm looking forward to in my career, but I always do one career thing, mm. one personal life thing, one like relationship or friendship that or like an event that I'm looking forward to. Going oh yeah. To, to just try thing. to catch up. Yeah. Gosh. Um, I don't know. Cause I hear so much people joke about like, yeah, I don't really want to hear how you're doing when I ask you. And so I'm like, that's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the, Hey, yeah. how are you? And then you're like, well, but right. like, yes, I don't want to be that. Well, it's person. a minute. You yeah. know, you'll be fucking fine. Just listen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For a minute. But I, um, but there's always something going on that I can talk about. So that's why I'm always like, do you really want to know? Usually I say good. And then they're like, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, fine. You want to hear? Um, you asked. I don't know. It's weird. Cause I don't know that I have, too, <laughs> it sounds sad, but I don't know that I have too much going on outside of career only cause I feel like I've really done a bad job of the work-life balance. Uh, <laughs> I've really meshed the two and I don't mind. Cause I think, um, I think I've always wanted to make, a career out of something I wanted to do for life. So, yeah, for which sure. is what I'm doing. Um, so in my mind, I don't separate it, but then, yeah. But then when you realize everyone, you know, is related to your career, then you're like, huh, I guess I should, uh, take up knitting or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I think I admire that too, where, yeah, I think that's a good, th- like you work your ass off. Like we were talking, uh, the other night at your show, we were like, Oh God, like how much do I plug this show? How much do I plug that show? You know, like uh-huh. how much work do you put in the separate things? And like, I think that's a great work ethic to have. And if you don't have that, then, you know, you'll still be talking about your career, but it'll be all negative. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause you're not working hard. Enough. I try not to start with negative things, but I do think that's a common trend and it totally makes sense. And I used to be like that. Um, because we're always trying to improve ourselves. So you think of the negative thing, but then you realize that your people start connecting you to negative energy of every time yeah. they talk to you, especially people in comedy where even if you're friends, uh, let's say you see someone like every three weeks, you know, when you're on a show together, maybe then, and if every interaction you have is kind of negative, like right. they kind of do become a cloud in your head, I think. Yeah, for sure. Cause you're like, Oh geez. You know, cause we all deal with our own shit. Yeah. And then, 
to add you can only take so much more on you know especially yeah. if you're just an acquaintance it's like uh there's blah 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 you know They're like so i can't deal sad. with this shit right now because I'm dealing with my own shit, you know? Yeah. I've started, the go-to now is I talk about my dog because I find yeah. that he's kind of a new, uh, not neutralizer, an equalizer. Everyone's pretty happy to hear about him and see photos of him. Of course. So now when I talk to someone I haven't seen for a while, I'm usually like, when they're like, what's new? How's LA? I'm like, I got a dog. Yeah. And then I say, you want to see a picture? And then they'll usually say yes. And then I show a picture and I'm like, well, now we have something to talk about. And uh, then that's it. That's, that's so and sweet. And it's a real update and it's not related to career. So. Perfect. I like that a yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah it's that's pretty perfect. good um well speaking of telling people things is there anything you would like to tell me blake where are you going with this uh <laughs> yes so i went through a few things that i wanted to tell you and okay. i actually not to like fluff your feathers but i was listening <laughs> to your podcast and i'm like oh i think this might deserve something heavier than like oh okay. what like because initially it was going to be how much i would steal from day jobs which <laughs> is uh i would love to talk about that uh when my when i come back when i'm asked back a yeah. month from now i don't know what your turnover rate oh, is oh sure but i mean, would love to have a second a second time returning guest <laughs> perfect you still haven't would... haven't had it but you know i'm we're open to it yeah no i'm open and uh my schedule was open uh <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I am terrified of having a brain aneurysm. And I think about it like every single day. Wow. That's my thing. Yeah. Okay, let's unpack that. So no, we'll be right back. <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break. I would like to take a commercial to plug something yeah, myself. Please buy Quip Quip Tooth. No, um, we're not sponsored. <laughs> no, scrub that. Don't get the free ad space. Um <laughs> I like that you went to an ad for like that, like advertises on podcasts. You it know, does. you could have gone to like Coke or Pepsi You're or right. some big company, but you went to like a subscription Look, toothbrush. Play to the <laughs> top of your intelligence, Blake. I got that UCB training. Okay. You're right. You do. I know all about that improvisation. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I wonder how much um, people actually, they must get a lot of. You know what? This is a different podcast. <laughs> yeah, no. See, what like, I did there was I get, deflected. Like the return on investment of advertising on a podcast. Because I, I imagine the same people have to do it on like literally the goal. I think if you're advertising on a podcast, you're not like, I'm going to go for one. You're like, I'm going to go for like all the podcasts. Because everything, yeah. there's like four things that advertise like on all the podcasts. You're right. So then you just connect it to the podcast. And that's okay. Because then you're like, I'll just spend all the money on trying to get in every single podcast. That's really funny. Yeah. Like I'll listen to a sports podcast and then like you know, some very specific improv comedy podcast. And it's like, wait, so I guess, yeah, both audiences like stamps. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah I guess exactly. they both have mail. That makes sense. But back to my head exploding. Um, back to your head exploding. <laughs> okay. So um, I don't think you're going to have an aneurysm, but um, Thank I'm you. curious as to where this came from. Um, is it, I mean, do you know why why you have this? Like, is there a moment you saw someone have an aneurysm? Yeah, or? for sure. No, there's a reason, and I might. Um, not right now. I'm fine. But uh, this oh, okay. there's is nothing. This is not imminent. But um, so like my dad had one when I was oh, wow. younger, and then this is a thing that I've like this part. I've never told anyone that like I think about this every single day. Uh -huh. But it the reason why I've spoken about it before um, on like my most recent album, it's like a 17 minute story, and I'm now I'm gonna do it word for word. No. Um, <laughs> the 
bridge version is when I guess I was 15 or 16. Like my dad was coming down into our driveway, like his car crashed into a tree. Uh, My mom was like screaming and stuff. Uh, I go outside and he was like passed out. And then I like kind of revived him. And then the ambulance came and he gets taken to the hospital. Uh, He's conscious and stuff. He's like out of it because I'm like, oh, that's like a car accident out of it or whatever. And they did like scans on him and he was like his brain was bleeding and he was in a coma for two months (gasps) and then the story by the way has a happy ending so don't get too like too sad but like so two months uh, or like a month later the doctor calls us in and it's not like the general head surgeon you know like lead Uh surgeon sorry no pun intended lead surgeon uh it was (laughs) the second guy it was a woman no it was dun dun (laughs) that's my twist (laughs) isn't that that's the crazy part of the story there was a female could you believe it (laughs) i can't believe it anyway any questions uh just a sudden misogynistic turn (laughs) um no so uh this person did happen to be male though and he was like yeah um your dad is gonna be like in a vegetative state and like so you can take him off life support or like leave him in one. Oh my god so we were like yeah he would never want that we said goodbye <gasps> to my dad wow went back the next day and uh by oh. the way i think my voice just did it this is what my voice sounds like when i'm uncomfortable talking about something but i mean i'm fine There's more of a range is thank you okay. yeah i'm more of a soprano <laughs> usually uh than a tenor um how old were you when this was happening uh i was a sophomore in high school so okay, like so 15 or 16 oh yeah big time mm-hmm. and um so we went back the next day after they gave it like said goodbye to him went back to fill out paperwork and then that like lead surgeon came in who we'd been talking to and was like uh yeah guys i don't know why you're doing this i ran some tests and it looks like he's there's no reason to expect that he wouldn't have a normal you know what? life and i don't know if they fucked up like someone <gasps> fucked up it's the same same guy said that so guy. it was the his boss oh his so, boss and then the surgeon came back and said it. yeah so it was the the guy who gave us the wrong information was like number two. Oh, oh, and then the number one guy came back in and was like, what the hell is going on here? Oh my God. So he like came out of it like a month later, or not a month, like a couple weeks later, like he came out of the coma, did rehab, blah, blah, blah. And like, um, yeah. And it's, it and was, were you like, Haha, we almost <laughs> well, yeah, you. No, there were a lot of jokes along, you know, like dark. Oh my God. He, uh, yeah, like a few like weeks later, or like months later, um we were like at a baseball game and i wanted to catch like home run balls in the outfield like before the game and i was seven actually at this point i was probably 17 years old Uh too old to be doing this and then (laughs) my dad was sitting in the back and almost got hit in the head by a ball and it's in that moment it's like oh well i've already you know tried to kill him once by taking him off life support we should probably cut that shit out but uh yeah so that like maybe so, it was uh what's that theranos maybe they used theranos maybe it was yeah how could they be so off that's crazy it was insane so um yeah it's and that's a weird thing as i'm saying because i've talked about this uh about my dad's thing not my own feelings about it yeah uh, i like kind of never really talk about my own feelings about it because the story itself about my dad is so crazy that i'm like well my feelings aren't interesting about it. You know what I mean? But I think when I, to bring it full circle, we were talking earlier about, oh, will I ever go to therapy? Like Uh this might be the thing that's like, cause I don't know. I I haven't totally wrapped my mind around it yet Yeah, because I don't know what that mistake was. 
You know what I mean? Like and right. when you asked me that, which is a, a great question and also just a fundamental thing that I should know why this crazy thing in my life yeah. happened. And I don't know what the mistake was. Like why it didn't even go from good news. We have a new discovery. It was like, I don't know why you did. That. It was like, clearly there was some Ye- disconnect there. Yeah, it was. I believe it was a miscommunication. And yeah. I think if we, I don't think they would have like unplugged my dad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm sure they would have, they do these tests, oh my I God. think. Yeah, they would have had second opinion. Yeah, like it would have been yeah, for, for these exact reasons. You oh know, they have God. these second things. Oof, that's so stressful here. It's that. crazy. But so he ended up recovering and he's like in his late 70s now and mm-hmm. has like he's had short term memory loss and like some. But what like old guy doesn't have that? So it's uh-huh. hard to tell if, oh, is this an aneurysm thing? Is this like a blah, blah, blah thing? You know, like is this an old guy thing? Yeah. But my fear is that. So like we like it really like fucked my family up like big time where God, I can imagine he um like my dad had a really good job. So. Uh, my girlfriend and I have this bit where like my life was like uh, riches to rags to riches to rags to like snitches or something where, where it's just this weird thing where I grew up like upper middle class uh-huh. and then we basically lost everything because it happened when my dad had his like brain injury during right before the recession hit oh, in 06 I guess so this is a thing I've never talked about what did about. he do or as a job he was he worked in like marketing but he was like a vice president or a oh, wow. senior vice president at a company okay. and it wasn't you know uh, I like don't know it big was like companies. comfortable you guys were comfortable yeah we weren't re- we were upper middle class where like we could go on a vacation once a year yeah you know and you weren't like thinking about money which generally means you have it right yeah exactly where we couldn't go to like you know we weren't living in a mansion or an enormous mm-hmm. house or anything but it's like oh we'll go to the virgin islands for a week and mm-hmm. it's not insane yeah. you know and then um but yeah like also i was able to go to college like that wasn't even a thought where before then it's like oh i'm going to college for four years yeah and then it happened uh, after that it's like oh shit i may have to pay my way personally through college which by the way i'm well aware some people don't even have that i'm so lucky <laughs> that i had any of these things it's just a funny thing where it's like oh this was a person who was you know, like more privileged than a lot yeah. of people then had like the family. Like, we had to keep moving because we like kept not being able to afford rent but that's and then a real live paycheck thing. to paycheck. And yeah, yeah. they like, still people are. don't think about that. I mean, like not to, there's obviously a different level. Like if you're below poverty line, that's just a whole, a whole nother. If you're like worried about food, you're at a totally different level of, you know, needing to survive. But within like even the middle class there, if you're if you lose a lot suddenly, um, that's a real right. struggle. Like, obviously, I'm not saying like it's any more of a struggle than something else because they're definitely more of you course. Know, quote unquote serious things. But I don't think it's to be discounted because, especially in your um, developmental years, like in your high school years, that's such a pivotal time of your life. So if you're dealing with a big thing like that, that can really affect your life. Right. So I mean, it is good to yes, I, I'm glad you're being aware of like, you know, whatever having privilege, but yeah. I don't think this should discount your experience. So I had a similar like Thank my you. family was also um upper middle, you know, Silicon Valley. My dad was an engineer and then we he lost his job and we had a lot of um like we lost a lot of stuff. We had also had to move. I never ever felt like it was dire you know i always knew where the next meal was coming Mm -hmm. from so i was very lucky there but but yeah it's the same thing you start to feel the gap because you've made all your friends and you're 
in the most like superficial way, but like you're at a school where everyone's on a certain level. So if you suddenly lose a lot, you do feel that gap. Yeah. And so that can affect your growth too. So I, I think, um, that's a thing that people don't always talk about because people think it's like black and white, like whether you had money or you didn't. Right. But within that, there's still like losing money fast can also put you at a disadvantage. Yeah. Obviously, it's a different disadvantage, but I think it can still affect your growth for sure. Yeah. It's it's funny the way you just put that where it is because you like I was used to living a life with, you know, other upper middle class people. Mm-hmm. And now I can relate like going from like to like I guess like lower middle or middle middle you mm-hmm. know what I mean like it was a funny that where I can relate to both where I'm like I can have a friend who's you know like just regular middle class or whatever and we'll be talking and then they're like yeah this fucking guy like we used to go to France all the time with his family and I'd be like <laughs> fuck them because <laughs> I've lived that like, like that yeah. jealousy of god I wish I could go on vacation with my family but then I've also been like oh wait I have been you know it was yeah. just a long time ago and like <laughs> we lost that it's a really funny thing where but also like you said uh I, there's never there was never a threat that we would end up on the street it would be like oh we went from a house to to like a one bedroom or something you know yeah. what i mean like it was a silly that's um, not silly but it was different it was a different perspective the france thing is interesting because i um i also i remember distinctly having a friend because i grew up in the bay area which is a very like wealthy area yeah. and educated area and my there was a friend in uh, elementary or maybe it was middle school and he was like uh i have f- my parents own four houses and i remember just being like that's so excessive like but <laughs> yeah. also the fact that i went to school with someone who owned four houses you know that i'm so, still in a bracket you've been to two of their houses yeah i'm like in a bracket <laughs> you know what i mean like it's like you don't have that like if you're in a totally different bracket so yeah now uh with more time going by i can see that like i was very much still a part of that world whether or not i was at the top of it doesn't you know right. but i remember getting that talk um the we need to save money talk when during the recession and my dad lost his job and there was a period of time when my dad would just watch movies on from Blockbuster every day at home because you know it's hard for yeah. a man who has a family. It's crazy, like man, it's crazy. Yeah, just yeah. A totally different personality. And um, and my mom told us that we all had to um like watch our tr- like our driving trips like she was like whenever we can we got to carpool to places and also like if you don't need to go to this place or try to tack on your errands at the end of like dance right right um because gas right. was so expensive but yeah. also we still went to dance so you know what i mean like it was like we have to drive less but still do the things you want to do so it's still That's like so interesting <laughs> yeah you know because yeah. we could have just been like and now we'll cut all your extracurriculars and there's a couple grand that we can just have back. So yeah. it's still a level of privilege, um, but it you almost feel it more when you're trying to still do the things while saving money. <laughs> it's so, it's just so fun. Yeah, because before, it's a really interesting juxtaposition of, because yeah. you could easily say, well, then don't fucking go to, like, what do you need to yeah. go to dance? Yeah. But your parents, it was interesting seeing how the parents handle it for mm-hmm. their kids where... I think my parents could have honestly cut back on other certain things where when we would move a lot, the place that we would move to next should have been, we should have just moved directly to the place three places from then. Because uh-huh. then it's just like, you can afford that over there, you yeah. know, but they want to provide for their kids and they don't want it to be like a shell shock to, you know, like my sister and I was like, well, all right, we're, we're going from the standalone house, you know, like this, like, you know decent size house to like a, a, a condo or whatever mm-hmm. i was like no we 
can't afford the condo. It's like, okay, well, then we will go to a house like all the way in this area. It's like, yeah, yeah we can't afford that either. You know, like, let's just go to the one on the end so you can spend money on, you know, like we can go out to dinner more. Like that's a thing that you guys like. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's an interesting way of how to allocate uh, money that way. How did you guys take it as the kids? Um, I think for me, I can't speak for my sister. We're like four years apart. And I think it was harder. Is she older? Oh, younger. She's I guess. younger. Okay. Yeah. And I think it was harder for her where I was on my way. Like when it really like further down the road, when it kept getting worse and worse, I was moving out anyway. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I'll kind of feel bad every once in a while uh-huh. too, where it's like, oh shit, she had to stick around for the worst of it. Mm-hmm. And then I went out, you know, to LA to be like a silly person and then support you know my i was like supporting myself but also i wasn't around to help them if that made, and i was barely supporting myself still you know what i mean but it but, maybe made you um a little bit like the timing of it maybe made you a little stronger because you go to college it's kind of this safe four years where you get to you know where you're gonna be for the next four years i mean yeah. f- for the most part um if you stay in school and then you can worry about jobs so you're kind of going into it with this like ominous like okay warning right like right i can i see i've had stuff and then i've also seen the drop so then it kind of puts you at a place to be more resilient later whereas like if you're very young sometimes you're not aware of what's going on and you may uh feel it more yeah yeah i don't i i kind of my sister and i had that because my dad lost his job and then we we shortly after that went to college Mm -hmm. my little brother was eight years younger than me so he was around for most of it yeah so i I think you really felt the strain on my parents you know because the you know finance always affects the marriage and all that stuff so i think he felt it a lot more and we just went to college so i I totally relate to that feeling yeah it's real it's hard to reconcile because we haven't totally talked about it Uh you know or or it'll come up and it's understood that she was around for the worst of it yeah. And then I was also, you know, I would help as much as I could, but yeah, but also on the other hand, they are really tough. They yeah. might even be tougher too, where be, they had to deal with so much shit. They might be more worn down, but less phases them because they oh, were true. in that shit for longer. You know, did your sister go to college? She did. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, she went to college at Charleston, graduated. She oh, actually nice. manages a improv theater in Charleston, oh, South wow. Carolina, That's now, so which cool. is funny. So Isn't that weird? In similar fields. Yeah. 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 She won't book me, but, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> they, they don't book standups really. But, uh, yeah, it's really cool. Like seeing her do that. Cause it's like, Oh, holy shit. That's, you know, the only job there where they live now. And it's like, yeah, like that, wow. you know, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so wait, I know what an aneurysm is yeah. ish, but I've always heard of it from soap operas. Of course. Uh, yeah. They always get them and then they lose their memory and then they suddenly remember. Um, that's what it is, but it is, no. <laughs> it's, no, it's, uh, it's a mirage, but, uh, yeah, it's when you have an evil twin, uh, who comes back from the dead. Uh, yeah. but, it, uh, is it just um is it does it have to be brought on by a uh not a concussion a um impact with something because that's kind of what i thought it had to be triggered by something so but, no that's the scary part okay so uh basically i have to get checked every 10 years to make sure i don't just randomly get one so it's because it's genetic and he found that out right 
Yeah, it was genetic, and well, he found that out after he woke up from a coma <laughs> a month later. Uh-huh. So basically, what happened was he was just driving. He didn't know it was in his head. He didn't even oh, know it was got genetic, it, and that's why he crashed. Yeah, yeah. I I'm sorry. I, sorry. Didn't, I, I didn't make that no, clear. No, no, no. I mean, that's me being an idiot because I didn't know exactly what it was. I thought he crashed, which caused the aneurysm. Oh, fun. No, uh, funny. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. The, the, like, he was, um, it was no, the uh, silliest <laughs> brain injury. Oh um, no, I understand now. Okay, yeah. so it happened while he was driving and that's what caused him to crash correct yes so it happened right in the driveway wow which was so lucky because he had uh like a long commute home and he would come home on a busy highway so if that had happened even 20 15 minutes before like he could have he would have died he could have killed people you know it would have been terrible it would have been even worse so basically what an aneurysm is is that i believe it's either a vein or whatever it is in your brain like gets uh like a bubble in it basically and that so that is a brain aneurysm so that can start affecting you and like that's a uh, problematic as well yeah his got worse because it ruptured meaning like it like uh, these are like gross terms but like it burst basically so yeah. he had active bleeding in his oh. head basically so that is the worst version of it mm-hmm. but a regular aneurysm is like really bad too so i'm not sure what the warning signs are it's kind of similar to a stroke yeah but uh yeah the aneurysm thing basically when he got it's uh, I keep saying it's funny. When we got to the hospital, like in the waiting room, they have, it's called like the intensive care units where the worst uh-huh. things go, you know, the worst injuries, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it was specifically brain injuries. And they just have these, they're supposed to be informative, but they're these horrific specters, these oh, charts <laughs> hanging just in the fucking hallway of like, oh, if you have a ruptured brain aneurysm, you have 10% chance of survival. Jesus. And it's like, why is this out here? <laughs> yeah it's it's odd where when i think about i remember very it was uh like 15 years ago but i remember very specific things like that yeah of oh shit why was that out there you know what i mean um but yeah that's what a brain aneurysm it's like a bubble and then like if it ruptures that's uh yeah ruptured wow so it so it's passed on so you have to check to how would you even check for that so it can be passed on well this so uh i was i got checked a year and a half ago i'm fine um but yeah (laughs) and i'm so glad (laughs) yeah of course of course uh this brain is clearly highly functional (laughs) um it's funny there uh when they called me after i got it done they're like your brain is unremarkable which is a very funny oh like uh, there's nothing to like have to inspect nothing (laughs) to remark upon but i couldn't help but take offense to it Uh this is a very impressive brain (laughs) but (laughs) they so uh you're supposed to get it every 10 years Uh and i got it right after it so it's an MRI, I believe, okay. where you have to go into the tube and then it's like really loud and you're in there for a while. But um, I got it done when I was 16 and the next time I was supposed to get it was when I was 26. Uh-huh. But at one point I got like very drunk at a party two years later and fell down a flight of steps. So oh, wow. they had to do it again just to make <laughs> sure. <laughs> and uh, which is obviously very embarrassing. But <laughs> so that bumped up my thing to oh, I didn't have to get it until I was like 28 or whatever. Uh-huh. But when I was out here, it keeps like you know, in your in my head. It's always if I'm doing a push up or something, you know, like uh, I if I'm not like breathing right, you know, sometimes you can get a little lightheaded. Yeah. Or whatever. First thought, brain aneurysm. You wonder. 
And then... Oh, gosh. That sounds so stressful. Oh, it's ridiculous. And that's, like, it's not health. And I know logically that that's probably... There are other ways to get a brain aneurysm. It's not just familial like you can develop one uh-huh. somehow by thinking about it yeah much? it's mostly no. by th- it's push-ups actually <laughs> my dad was no, doing a push-up on the highway thinking about it i don't mean to stress you out more <laughs> no no no. it's totally it's not possible so um it'll be something like that and then uh this is i'm mentioning to exercise things which is not like a huge part of my personality but yeah, i'm like wow what a, a beefcake yeah no i'm a huge just... beefcake yeah no i was benching 680 and <laughs> 680,000 pounds. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, Gosh, it's, that's a lot. Well, it was Tuesday. And <laughs> it's just a general Tuesday. But I bought like a jump rope at one point. I'm like, oh, I'll start jumping rope. And then after I did it, I got really, really dizzy and like nauseous. And my vision was really hurting. Oh, like, that's scary. I have an aneurysm. <gasps> and then... It was, it turns out I had like a sinus infection and I bounced so much that it like just made my whole like, you know, not vertigo, but it just made my balance off. But it's things like that where I'm not a hypochondriac at all. Like I Uh can, like I'll shake hands. I'll like fucking drink out of someone else's drink. I don't care. (sighs) But it's very specific to my head where, Yeah. yeah, if I like hit my head or um yeah it's just any head thing where literally nothing else i don't give a shit about getting sick i don't care at all (laughs) it's just head stuff do you um uh okay i just lost my thought nope ah no uh uh, i think there was one thing as you get your thought yeah uh, well you're having one now (laughs) (laughs) sorry just so many jokes um but i was worried so i didn't get one i think there was a year and a half where i needed to get it like i was year and a half overdue but i didn't have health insurance out Uh here and it would cost like uh probably a thousand like over a thousand dollars to get one i just didn't have the money so that was a period where at any time even if i like got hung over or something i'd be like fuck like is this a hangover is like did i fuck up my brain like did i whatever but yeah in the past year i got one done and it's uh yeah it's, I remember, it's unremarkable. I remember what I was going to say. Please. Um, um, so happy your unremarkable brain. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was going to say, do you, do you get more paranoid? Like, um, do you do you wonder if um, there's some sort of placebo effect? Like, if you're the fact that you're worrying about it might stress the symptoms more. Could that be possible? That is such a good question. So there are doctors. Uh, I've had a doctor in the past say that you shouldn't get your brain checked every 10 years or you shouldn't get the scan because if there is something there then you can start stressing and that could cause other health problems but i don't even know it's it's funny as illogical as i am about the brain aneurysm thing i think if i found out something was there i would be like oh okay something's there and i would take action you know it's almost like you're not that you actually want it, but you're waiting for the thing to happen so you can start addressing it. Yeah, and that's a thing I do in general. Yeah. Like it's like, whatever. Think of worst case scenarios. Like just give that to me because I can fix that somehow. You that's know, that's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. I um, I think I relate to that. Um, I I am a bit of a hypochondriac, but once I think something's gonna happen, I if I don't get it checked, I'll just keep thinking. I would just right. want the relief, but I want the relief, not the thing. But the other day, this kind of gross, but I thought that I left a tampon in because <laughs> right. I, I didn't take it out. I sw- And it had only been in for like two hours and I was like, I definitely didn't take it out. I must've <laughs> taken it out. But then I was like, it's definitely in there. I couldn't find it. And then um, the next day I was like, I guess I'll put another one in. And then I was like, I think I have two tampons. And then I, <laughs> and then I Googled it and there was stories about, oh, and I heard on a podcast oh, of that day, a podcast, it just came on where a guy said, and it's not like this, 
I hear this every day. So I was like, oh my God, it's a sign. The guy said his girlfriend had left a tampon in for over a month and her finger started turning blue. And they went to the hospital and that's how they found out it was still there. So I was like, I gotta go. And I'd just been to the gynecologist. What color were your fingers? I'm just making it. Regular. Regular. Okay, good. Yeah. The regular skin color that we all are. Um, I don't know. (laughs) We're all different skin colors. I don't think we're all the same skin color. Um, (laughs) What if if that's how we found out that you were actually completely colorblind? Holy shit. Um, <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, yeah. You're progressive you know, the, and... Uh, black and white fingers. That's what they look like. Um, <laughs> I... Uh, what was I saying? Oh, oh you were saying... So you so had this phobia that you left in, it in. Yeah. I went to work and I was freaking out. So I was like, I gotta go. So then I went to the gynecologist's office. They're like, we can see you now. And I went in and she said, nope, it's not there. But she was like, but this happens a lot. So don't worry. That's and so I'm glad I went because otherwise I would have been freaking out. And I'm sure I would have thought... I would have just like convinced myself it was there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. Or you could have like that can affect, maybe you're not paying attention to something that you're doing yeah. and you could hurt yourself that way or whatever. Yeah. It's always weird um, to think about the, the butterfly it's good to get it checked out. But okay, wait, so the, I want to talk more about the, what you said about thinking like about the worst thing and then almost obviously not actually wanting to happen, but almost like wanting to get to that point so you can deal with it. Right. Cause I think that's super interesting and I think relatable Cause it's like when you say it like that, it sounds crazy, but it's, it's not because I think there's right. a part of human brains that doesn't want to be not in control. And so if you are presented with a real problem, then you can, then it can be in your control, even though the situation sucks to fix it. Right. But if there's nothing to fix, then you're just, you're just handcuffed. Yeah. I think so. It's, it's a funny, uh, like, you know, like opposition of skills that I have where I'm like a very, very good problem solver, but terrible at sitting back and like not stressing about something. So it's like, okay, if only I could use my skill, you know, Uh like which is problem solving, but I can't use that skill because I'm really shitty at the other thing <laughs> you know what i mean like well, i'm there's just nothing stressing happening but there's this anxiety right yeah nothing's happening yeah that's the thing do you have a lot of anxiety in other parts of your life uh not really just like i'll get stressed about things but mm-hmm. not anxiety yeah it's funny where i'm super chill about really you, big you things you seem very chill that's, that's hilarious super, you Thank don't you. seem like an anxious person that's so nice yeah i'm generally like big things i'm really ch- like chill like where if i get like in a car accident or something it's just like all right like let's solve this or whatever and i think that's because of like what happened with my dad where yeah. finding him like passed out crash into a tree it's like okay well whatever this is isn't that thing so yeah. like i've been at at a friend's wedding like his like you know he had a family member who like all of a sudden like started seizing and i was able to be like all right here's what we do like prop his head up do that we'll call the thing and i was so like like almost off-puttingly chill about it yeah but if i like drop a credit card on the ground and it's like on the floor and i can't pick it up with my fingers or whatever because it's too flat like i just keep fucking up i will start screaming and swearing and like lose my fucking mind but it's so small things i'll like totally lose it but like 
big like big things there's like oh, okay cool like we can fix it's that. a control thing a little bit because yeah if, you, if it's something that's yeah you can't pick it up and you're doing everything you have right. all the tool you're using all the tools you have to do it and it's yeah. not working then you're like fuck my blue fingers yeah <laughs> i can't pick it up with my blue fingers um the it's like crisis mode you're there's a different blake in crisis mode when something yeah. bad has happened it's still bad and you acknowledge it but you're able to get past that shock and just go and fix it right that's really interesting i thought about that too because um I think after my brother passed away, I have a similar feeling sorry, when something yeah. happens. Yeah, I'll be, but like little things that happen that I'm like, I should be stressed out, but I'm like, and now I'll just handle it, handle it, handle it. Right. And it's like a totally different, it almost feels cold. Um, and I it think. It does. Yeah. Yeah. And almost like emotionless. And then I'll be like, okay, what are the things? Or even if something happens to a friend, I'm like, what are the things that feel, felt nice to me when this happened? And then I'll kind of just do them. But I'm like, it starts feeling perfunctory where I'm like, I, I don't always connect to tragedy anymore. Uh, which is very yeah. weird. It might be self-defense, but I also think it comes from just being like, well, we know we can get past this. And it's like, Jesus, <laughs> it's a little lack I, of uh, empathy. I've never heard, like, I feel the same way, like yeah. identical. Like I'm almost like emotional hearing you say that because <laughs> it's, I've felt the same way where it is literally just, it, it, you said it just so perfectly. I don't even want to rephrase it because you said it so perfectly. But I was in a like I was in the car once with an ex girlfriend, and mm-hmm. we were in it. And I'm gonna laugh through this just because of how terrible and oh ridiculous God, okay. this is. But there was a uh, intersection. This guy on a motorcycle like just completely wiped out and flew off his oh, motorcycle man. and just was like laying there motionless. And then I remember she was screaming and crying, which is a human reaction. Yeah. And I remember just like calling 911 and being like hey uh, there's a guy like you know he flew off his motorcycle he's not moving but like he's in the middle of the street and like other people had blocked off traffic so there was nothing else I could do yeah. and I just kind of like kept driving and just didn't really give a shit much beyond that where it's it's like you said it's let's just act you yeah. know just yeah, totally. do the thing that you know will help and whether or not it's a stranger whether it's not it's something like as like a utility of get uh medical people here or if someone like a friend is in trouble or in trouble or like emotionally sad or whatever you can just be like uh like all right what did i do when i felt bad a plus b equals help Mm -hmm. this person it's an equation rather than an actual heartfelt thing this is kind of a weird thing to say and but i almost feel like it's um like you know when you and this is a little bit borrowed from Eliza Skinner has kind of talked uh, done a joke about not about trauma but about um, right comparing life to a movie and right right the, right so I'm not totally this isn't totally original thought but borrowed from that I do kind of think it's like oh I've seen this one before that's how it feels like when I see tragedy I'm like oh okay I know how this one goes yeah. um so like <laughs> sure let's do it you know but right. then there's a feeling when someone's going through it for the first time I'm, I'm still empathetic and then I'm like okay I remember it was bad but I also am on the other side of it being like you will be fine. And like, yeah. obviously with the support, cause I had a lot of support, but like a feeling of like, Oh, um, they're seeing it for the first time. So I'm going right. to, I'm not going to spoil it. You know what I mean? There's this weird, like, I'm not going to spoil your tragedy. Interesting. Um, yeah. That's the closest I can describe because it's almost like, cause th- when I think about it, like going through it, it was like, Oh yeah, it was really bad. And there were times when I was like, I didn't know what was going to be on the other side. But once you get through it, you're like, Okay, cool. Like I, I think uh, hopefully every, everyone doesn't have to deal with that. But every, anyone who has at any point in their life, um, kind of knows like when it ends, you're like, and life goes on. Like it yeah. doesn't really stop. And so when you're in that very scary echo chamber of trauma, you're kind of like, 
I think the first time you do it, you almost sit in it a little longer because you're like, what is this new feeling? Like, it's not good, but also I must experience this new thing. And then later you're just like, all right, let's just get to the part where I'm out of it. Right. And that's where I'm worried if that's the not healthy part. Just trying to skip through the feeling. Yeah. Where maybe Mm. there is a healthiness to it, but like I had an aunt die, you know, like right after that. Oh, thank you. And she was like the sweetest person ever. Mm -hmm. And after that happened, I was like, I don't know if I just the grieving, grieving gets weird where I'm like, well, it's not my dad, you know, which isn't right. Fake or like less you're comparing it. Yeah, where it doesn't have to be like the best thing versus the, or I'm sorry, like the most important thing. There's a gray area, there's a medium, you know? And then I'll be like, well, this isn't the worst thing. It's like, yeah, but it can still be pretty fucking bad, you know? And it's okay to to react that way. I know know? what you mean, because there's like normal things that are sad that usually happen in people's lives, like losing your grandparents. That's a um, part of life. It's expected, yeah. Yeah, your elder grandparents, that's um, normal to lose them. It's still very sad. And and for a lot of people, that might be the first um, death in the family they experience and so i think you're totally should process that and experience that but Mm -hmm. that happened for me after like all my grandparents are alive when my my brother died so having been losing my grandma after that it was a totally different feeling it was very much and we went to say goodbye to her in the hospital it felt like you know very sad but also of course i did cry but it was like a totally different feeling it was like i'm prepared for this a controlled cry yeah this is what's supposed to happen it wasn't it didn't like it wasn't like arresting, if that makes sense. Like it wasn't like yeah. I couldn't move for a month. It was like the proper amount of being sad and mourning and remembering her, and then being like, "And now she's in a better place," and like actually meaning that. Um, right. And it was, but it was weird because I feel like a part of me was like, "Should I feel different?" Like I didn't feel like I was feeling the right things because yeah. it was so mechanical for me. Yeah, that's really interesting. I almost, I was like, God, I feel like I heard this great quote from like a book I read or something about when you expect something to happen, it's not as bad. But then if it's unexpected, it's horrific. And then I realized it's a quote from the Joker. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So that's this brain. That is this incredible brain that you all would miss out upon (laughs) quoting the Joker. But no, to. uh, He's probably had a brain aneurysm. Oh, of course. Yeah, he had he had to at some point or another. That's why he speaks that way. Who else would wear makeup like that? Um, but yeah, no, I think yeah, I, I'm like relating to everything that you're saying in such like a deep and crazy way. It's like, yeah, you're saying it perfectly to the point where I had to make a joker joke. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to- no, yeah, I don't mean to push it too heavy. No, um, please do. I love it. It's great. I guess uh, my my more like kind of to bring it all together because um, mm-hmm. it kind of connects to the therapy thing, but also do you think the fear of the aneurysm and maybe you don't know the answer, but do you think yeah. the fear of the aneurysm um, is a little bit like a way to focus, not like focus the anxieties from what you dealt with, with your dad without actually having to deal with it. Cause it's like almost transferring into a new fear. That's not, it's real, but it's not like, it's like a future hypothetical as opposed to being like what happened and how is this, was this thing that actually happened scary? Interesting. I think so. So the first part, like, is it a way for me not to deal with it? I think that that is, um, I think the way that I dealt with it Uh and then moved on into dealing with things more like I'm going to use the word callously. I don't mean that Uh like more mechanically. I think that is a reason that I don't think that's necessarily healthy for me Mm -hmm. where I feel like I'm pushing. I don't feel like dealing with the emotions of subsequent 
matters. Yes. Uh, I think that's what it is rather than like, cause I can say, Oh, you know, I've experienced the worst thing, but like, you know, it did end. Okay. Like it, it could have ended so much worse. And I'm like, now when something heavier comes up, I do think I use that as an excuse to not deal with it, mm-hmm. it or give it the proper attention, the proper like grieving process that it deserves. And then I think the, me like the brain aneurysm like my own you know Uh like uh like phantom (laughs) aneurysm (laughs) thing uh i wonder if that's part of where i was so trying to help other people throughout that Uh thing where and that's the thing i'll do too is and it's it sounds sweet but it's a totally i think it's almost selfish where i will help other people and then not do anything for myself Uh because i don't feel like I think when you're helping yourself, or I'm going to speak you as in speaking about myself, yeah. when I help myself, that's when it becomes real. And that's when there's sure. a problem there. And then if I help like my sister or my mom, it's, oh, I'm helping them with their problem, yeah. you know, but it's, and their problem being, oh, my dad, her husband's sick, where my, it's my problem as well, but mm-hmm. I can almost deflect and make it someone else's problem, which that's, that's a form is of weird. grieving too. And that happens a lot. I think, especially in family situations where there's always someone who takes on the role of like, we have to do this. You know, we have to right. write the obituary. When I kind of took that role a little, I was like, we have to send this into the publisher. I'll email and cancel the, his graduation <laughs> yeah. photos. And like, it's the dumbest stuff. You're like but a grief assistant. Yes. And it's like, <laughs> I think it's a form of dealing with grief and like, um, cause in finding comfort in like tasks, um, or, yeah. or in your case, finding comfort in helping someone else. Right. Which is a task, I guess. Yeah. Like, cause yeah. then it's, so I, I don't think it's that you're not grieving. It's just a different form of grieving. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh man, but yeah, gosh, that's, well, it sounds like you're, it's a lot of anxiety. I don't know, but also, but also, <laughs> well, I don't know what to fucking no, tell you, Blake. I, well, I want to no, say I'm, that I'm the silly. positive thing to me, um, is that in a way it's almost like you've created a buffer, if that makes sense to like mm-hmm. any pain. Cause it's like, you're almost saying like, and I don't know what else you stress out about, but you generally seem like a very calm guy. So to me, like hearing like, oh man, you're worrying about this big thing almost feels like you're worrying about this thing that it could happen but it's like a far away thing that probably won't happen today even though you worry about it every day right so you've created this buffer where it's like if that doesn't happen today it was a good day so kind of like everything that happens even if it's bad you're like well i didn't have that aneurysm i was thinking about all day so uh it's a little bit of a buffer because you don't have to deal with bad stuff i'm sure you still deal with bad stuff but you don't have to deal with it as heavily it doesn't hit you in the way yeah because you're like until this bad thing happens it's all gravy right yeah i think so at all i've like i am incredibly happy person i like love my life and thank you (laughs) and but there will be like at all times like three or four you know moderate things going wrong of whether it's like a family thing or a financial Mm -hmm. thing or like a like a career thing or a personal life thing or whatever and i can like handle those like four or five things but then i think and i think those four or five things where like my girlfriend will see me dealing with these things and every Mm -hmm. once in a while she'll be like like i feel like i feel so awful that you have to deal with these things and i'm like I'm like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal, you know, but, <laughs> and it's, it's always not that big of a deal until like, let's say I can handle five, a six thing comes in. Mm-hmm. And then like, I do kind of spin into an anxiety of like, I just can't do all this shit, you know, like, and I don't mean that in like a dark, I mean like, oh, just 
there's only so much time in the day and so much you know like uh like so yeah. much of a person's ability to like fix every or like handle it's everything overwhelming yeah yeah i'll get yeah we're a thing where a lot of people or a thing where here let me not say a lot of people um if i hadn't gone through my dad thing mm-hmm. uh two things or one thing i would max out at you know yeah, and okay. now i can handle two or three times that wow. but that's not healthy necessarily <laughs> you know so it's good where that is a thing where having someone live with you someone who's really close to you she can be like hey man you're taking on a few too many things and i'm so like oh fucking i'm handling it but she's like you're not <sighs> and then i can be like oh how can i change my life to be healthier and not have so many that's so yeah. um that gave me chills hearing you say that because i i'm feeling very overwhelmed lately with just yeah. a lot of stuff but good things are happening but like it's i think i need to scale back and my right. uh, my boyfriend like literally said that to me it was like i think you like having too much work and i was like uh-huh. i don't because i don't but then i was like but it looks that way so maybe it's time that i prioritize and take some stuff yeah. out of my life you know <laughs> i will take that under advisement thank you <laughs> Um, uh, this is kind of like a, like a, why well, I don't want to end. I was like, I had a dark thought, but then I was like, I don't want to end on a dark thought. Um, I love it. You're, you're welcome to. <laughs> I was just saying, have you ever, when you're really over, and I'm only saying this cause I have a similar uh, This is thing. such a safe zone. Like I'll probably <laughs> laugh at how dark uh, this is. It's just like, I'll explain where it comes from, from my personal life. But have you ever like had a crazy, like when you're feeling like overwhelmed, you're like, I can't handle it. Where you're like, God, I wish today was the day I had a brain aneurysm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. I think I'm too vain. Like, I think um, I'm like, God, if I. Yeah. And that's actually a thing I didn't even mention is that like stand up and what I like speaking and like for a living or whatever, where uh, whatever, you know, like. I like whatever my skills are one of the skills is like I can be very quick I lack a lot of skills but I can be very <laughs> very quick and then um you know like having a sense of humor and stuff like that's all from the brain so I think that's what the fear is is that it's mm. never ever um even in a dark way like not even a silly where like oh, I wish I just fucking disappear where everyone like you know feels that but it's not even that because I'm like fuck but then I won't be funny anymore which is <laughs> and then that is I think when it really I, I have to like that's when I cut off the anxiety because once you know the physical aspect of a brain aneurysm is terrifying but yes. what's yeah. exponentially more scary to me is if I lose my ability to be mm. funny and do comedy and I think that is like the darkest part of it oh, <laughs> to man. me yeah but people love you for who you are that's my therapist Thank always you. tells me it's not what you do or what you say but then i'm like that's who i am what i do and what i say I, right i know i know is that <laughs> funny like, you're it's wrong like, yeah, you're um, full of shit no no people will love you no matter what but <laughs> right. I, the reason i asked that was because i had uh you know obviously when i was growing up i whatever dealt with my own anxieties and depression right. but as i in the last couple of years i really have felt a lot better um and i definitely think a big part of that was dealing with trauma put everything in perspective but sometimes and not in a suicidal way I have to say that but like of course sometimes when I'm having a super stressful day where it's like I can't handle it's too much everyone wants something from me I have like five back-to-back things and no time and no time to eat I'll be like <laughs> I wouldn't pull the trigger but if today if if someone was gonna hit me like if a car was gonna hit me uh I hope yeah. it's before I have to do these four podcasts you know <laughs> like you'd want to be murdered yeah, like you wouldn't like, do it yourself uh, but today would be the day if it would be someone a good could step day. up yeah <laughs> It'd be like so convenient, right. not even murder, but just like put me in a coma or something. Like literally I'm like, there are days when I'm like, today would be a great day for a coma. And I know that's dark and I don't mean to be, I'm of course, not no, saying it as a joke because I'm a comedian and I, <laughs> 
god i know it's a serious thing but yeah, um you yes. just want to press pause some days and and i don't like it's uh i don't know where that comes from i don't know it's bad i really probably could just do less things that's hilarious well so you know because i like since uh like my dad's thing here's a positive this is a positive uh secret thing or whatever okay. where um this is better than hey uh, i i kill it shows sometimes <laughs> Is that I go way out of like not way out of my way, but I will send like very sentimental messages to people, Aww. like complimenting them. Where and it bugs a lot of my guy I friends. Think you sent me one, maybe when we first. I met. may have, or you sent. I remember definitely feel like you sent me a message at least, like even if it was short, like "Hey, you're funny" or something. Maybe, yeah. I try to do that because I have this weird thing of like, uh. I don't know if it's weird, but when someone dies and tons of people have talked about this, where when someone dies, like, oh, everyone comes out and says really nice things about them, you know? Yeah. And I think from my point of view, I'm like, fuck, well, I want like those people to say that, like, everyone should know yeah. if you have something nice to say about someone and it's like sincere, that yeah. should be told. And it bugs a lot of my like guy <laughs> friends. They're like, would you fucking stop? <laughs> you know, like they actually, they fucking hate it. Oh my God. So, so but um, yeah, just so you like, you have, by the way, Teresa Lee, a uh, universally positive approval rating. Like you have a 100%. <laughs> I've never heard nice. anyone say anything, but like, that cannot praise. be true. You don't have not met my enemies. Okay. Um, well, that was a lie. No, <laughs> no, yeah. no, 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 I like, write, do. I do like, right. I'm, I'm the same way. I like writing love letters. I like, writing nice things i went through a phase where i was embarrassed by it and now i'm back around i'm back baby yeah I, you're right I write love yeah. letters i don't care if it embarrasses you <laughs> you are annoying <laughs> as ever <laughs> um uh, well thank you for sharing that yeah of course i want to end with a quick game Do it. um this is based on so you're um from philadelphia right mm -hmm. or, or area close to it yeah yeah um so philadelphia is known for philly cheesesteaks it okay, is this is a stretch but uh this is a game all about cheesy lines okay very Great. nice yes because i know you changed your story and i was like i'm just gonna do one about where you're from <laughs> um so this is called did this cheesy line win an award or is it something amateur <laughs> hell yeah i love this game who did who did you steal this game from i feel like i've heard of this game before uh, yeah thank you for this compliment yeah. i don't trust any compliments now <laughs> out of your mouth blake um <laughs> uh no so this is a game um basically i'm gonna pull a line or say a line from an something uh an award-winning movie or song mm -hmm. uh in that vein it'll be something well known so something you'll probably know um or it will be a line from uh something that's not that maybe a shitty piece of thing from the internet that you haven't heard of maybe something you've heard of but it didn't win any awards okay cool so pretty straightforward yeah and and uh there's a couple questions and you'll just have to guess if it was an award or amateur perfect Duh. okay number one it's the sense of touch. Any real city, you walk, you know. You brush past people. People bump into you. In L.A., nobody touches you. Was this from an award-winning something or an amateur? Award or amateur? I'm going to go award Okay. on that one. Because I feel like, to me, that sounded like lofty and, and mm. very intelligent. All right. Any and guesses? I realize the risk that I'm taking Do you have any guesses that. what it might be? Uh... I feel like it's a Grammy award-winning song or like <laughs> it's from, uh, yeah, or from a movie. Yeah. Um, it is from a movie. You are correct. It won an award. Wow. Um, it is from Crash. 
Oh, is it? <laughs> the win- so, oh, yeah, <laughs> Winner that's hilarious. The best screenplay in 2005. Paul Haggis and Bobby Moresco wrote it. Um, didn't have to, didn't say it had to be good. Uh, so funny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just no. like, uh, I was so, as I was saying, I'm like, what is this going to reveal <laughs> about me? <laughs> did win an award for best screenplay. Number two, my gut says there's some bad shit going on over there, and my balls say we need to go over there and check it out. Your ball said that? Yes, they did. This dialogue. Was this dialogue award or amateur? I'm going to say amateur. And I just like have so much trouble thinking about like what could win an award while using the word balls. Mm. Your instincts are correct. This is from Baywatch, the 2017 movie. That didn't win anything? Zac Efron and The Rock. Oh, it may have won one of those bad movie awards. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding>. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we're going strictly Academy. You know, okay. the top, the EGOTs. We're going the EGOTs. Okay, okay. that's fair. All right. Yes, yeah, since everything could win an award these days, right? Millennials, <laughs> yes. am I right? Thank um, you. Participation <laughs> trophies. Uh, and then I just do an hour on how millennials are lazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Teresa, can I leave? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, number three. Ain't no angel gonna greet me. It's just you and I, my friend. A- award or amateured? Uh, I'm going to go immature because like it went back and forth like the first two mm-hmm. times. <laughs> I'm going to go mm-hmm. sticking with two immature in a row. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good guess. The answer is award. Ah. This is the streets of Philadelphia by Bruce Springsteen. The wow. boss. This is a lyric from the song. B- the boss. I thought you would know this. Shit. But, it, it's know. probably written on my lower back Was in that- ink. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. Number four. Basically, I'm completely smitten with you and I don't care if I'm making an ass out of myself right now because you've seen me make an ass out of myself a million times and you still want to be my friend. Award or amateur? I'm going to say amateur, but I feel like it's from like a, a Pixar movie that I liked. Uh, it is rem- from a movie. It oh, won an award. Ass. And this is a Juno by Diablo Cody, which Ooh. won Best Screenplay in 2007. Excellent. Yeah, won, won an award. Uh, all right, a couple more questions. You're doing pretty good. I think you're tied up. So, I think I am. Yeah, you're two for two. For two, two. <laughs> all right. I didn't... Let me do that again. (laughs) Here it is. I did our laundry yesterday. My face was just as wet as all the clothes hung up to dry. I saw the sweater that I bought you for last Christmas that I gave you early to see you smile. Award or amateur? I'm going to say award. That touched me. It's really sweet and it touched me too, but unfortunately it is amateur. It's poetry from the original uh, OC poetry subreddit where people post original poetry this is a line from um a poem by honorary rec but it's a sweet huh. little poem so yeah you know amateur does not mean it's bad oh, okay cool cool cool, cool. Uh, yep okay two more questions i thought you said did you which subreddit was it oc poetry like orange county no no i think it's like original content poetry <laughs> I was like, like, oh no this yeah, is this a is very a, laguna beach based from the hills uh <laughs> whitney uh <laughs> um i don't know it's a it's, it was fine it wasn't bad i, no. I was trying to trip trying to be a little tricky here yeah no okay. no i found that irvine has the best art <laughs> la jolla playhouse um yeah. all right let's see if you can get this these last two correct okay here it is oh you see that skin it's the same she's been standing in since the day she saw him walking away now she's left cleaning up the mess he made award or amateur i'm gonna go amateur because it rhymed Okay, what do you think? Do you think it's a song or movie or? I'm going to go with a, I'm going to say it's from the uh, Riverside subreddit of poetry. <laughs> no, uh, I'm going to say it's from a song. 
so close. It is award, uh, but you got the song right, so that's half a point. This is Daughters by John Mayer, which won the Grammy for best song oh, nice. in 2005. Huh. Same year as Crash. Same, not a coincidence. <laughs> you really dove into 2005 today. <laughs> so you got 2.5. Okay. Thank you for the half uh, a point. That was for, very yeah, kind of 2. you. Yeah, 2.5. So this last po- this last round, I'm going to make it worth three points. Okay. Uh-huh. So if you get this right, you'll Thank you. win. Uh, yes. Yes, you will win. That's the rules. Um, Excellent. Okay. So uh, you know what? Let's make it worth 100 points. So yeah. you're, you're going to win plus bonus. Or right. I would lose anyway. Uh, you yeah. would lose. Yeah. So here we go. Survival of the fittest. It's the jungle. It's the law of the jungle. Sorry. Survival of the fittest. It's the law of the jungle. There's always someone trying to take what's yours. How do I know it almost happened to me? Award or amateur? Award? <laughs> amateur? <No. laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. Is it the other? Is it the only other answer I could give? Did that pause and yeah. my face give it away? <laughs> Um, you know what? You're wrong. Uh, That's okay. But you know, this some people's hearts. Um, this is kind of a tricky one because it was nominated. So I tried to trick you. Ah. So you know what? It's fifty points. The answer was the Boss Baby, written by Michael McCullers, and it Ooh. was nominated for Academy Award in 2017 for Best and Animated. Robbed. And robbed. And robbed guess, for that matter. So. Um. Yeah. What won the? I think Inside Out or yeah. No, that was way. That was 2015. What won in 2017? Probably Coco. I'm gonna, yeah, I I'm think gonna it was. Coco. Yeah. 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 Well, you heard it from Blake Wexler's mouth. Boss Baby is better than Coco. Thank um, you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, thanks so much for playing um, and being on this podcast. Where can people find you? Uh, at Blake Wexler on all social media and BlakeWexler.com. Awesome. And you can follow this podcast on Instagram at tell me anything pod. Or um, if you want to tip us on PayPal, paypal.me slash you can tell me anything. Goodbye.